we're in this series, we're talking about this idea of God who is more than enough, looking at Psalm 23, and, and a couple weeks ago, we started this, this series, and we talked about this, this shepherd who, who leads us and guides us and brings us in this place where our souls are restored. That was what we talked about uh, from the first couple verses, that he restores our soul. And, and today, we're going to be looking at the next passage of Scripture that goes on and, and talks about that, that this God, our shepherd, is the one who guides our paths through life. That, that we have someone on our side who is guiding and directing and helping us in all the stuff of life, that we are not on our own. And, and so that's kind of what we're going to look at today from Psalm 23. But I, I want to tell you, you know, when I was in college, I did, a, did an internship program. I was a psychology major in college, and, and we all had to do these internship things. And I was, you know, I was young and dumb, and, and I didn't know any better. And I, I was going to Northern Arizona University, and and my standard wardrobe for the day was a pair of jeans, a t-shirt, and hiking boots, and that was pretty standard until it got cold. Then he had these big parkas on, and it was cold in Flagstaff, Arizona. And, and so I saw this internship possibility, and I signed up for it. And so I did a couple years internship uh, with a group that was very similar to Outward Bound. I don't know whether you're familiar with Outward Bound, but Outward Bound is a, is a group that takes... Uh, kids out and puts them in the wilderness and kind of gets them in a semi-stressful environment and then helps them to be self-reliant and teaches them all kind of cool stuff. So, so we kind of did that. We went out uh, almost every weekend. We took junior high school kids out into northern Arizona. We went hiking and rappelling and, you know, climbing mountains and down canyons and doing all kinds of stuff. Northern Arizona is a great place to be able to do that. And, and the funny thing was that I had very limited outdoor experience. I'm not what you'd really call an outdoor kind of guy, but, but I kind of jumped into it with both feet and said, well, this is going to be good. And so I just followed along, and where the leader went, I went, and, and that was good because, you know, the leader was up there, and I was about a half a step ahead of the kids that we were trying to help, and, you know, we were figuring out how to put up a tent, and I'm like, oh, yeah, we can do this, yeah, uh, we can do this. I have never put up a tent in my life, but we can do this, and so we're, we're doing all this stuff, we're hiking, and we're going, and... And, and, and we, just, we just did the, all kinds of stuff. And our leader was one of these people that just kind of inspired you to kind of do it. And when she wasn't inspiring you, she was kicking you in the pants and get you going. So we tried all kinds of things. I, you know, repel off the side of a cliff. I'm like, are you crazy? But okay, because you think so I can do it, we'll do it. Jump off of those things. We went places. We jumped over. I hiked the Grand Canyon many times and uh, hiked trails that nobody else hiked because obviously the trails were in a mess. And jumped over, you know, washed out trails and jump over those things, you know, and it was just crazy, crazy kind of stuff that we did that we thought, well, if she thought we could do it, we could do it. I mean, I ate things that I never thought you could eat. You know, you find things out in the wilderness. Oh, yeah, you can eat that. Yeah, right. Okay, well, I'll try it. Oh, man, I don't know. You don't want to live there, but, you know, you can try it. So, so we kind of went out, and, and we had this great time, and we just kind of followed this, followed this uh, leader all the time, and and we just thought, okay, she thinks we can do it, so we're going to do it. And she's going confidently we're going to go. And so, so while, while we were hiking, you know, down the Grand Canyon, doing all this stuff, most of the time we were in the Grand Canyon, that's kind of, kind of where we went. Our leader, our leader was this skinny little quasi-hippie, you know, it was, it was kind of the early mid-70s and kind of leftover hippie thing going on. And, you know, she was kind of a, a twig-chewing, bushy-haired little skinny thing, you know, she, she was just there, and, but, but she, she, she was young, I mean, she wasn't much older than I was, but she was just young and confident, and, 
She knew we could do anything, and she went anywhere and tried anything, and we just kind of went along with her. And, you know, seemed a bit odd, but it seemed to work, and we had a good time. I tell you all that because I say most of us, myself included, follow all kinds of people, all kinds of places, doing all kinds of things. But I just tell you that we have a God who is our leader. God, God is our leader, and he can do all things, and he'll take us everywhere, and we can have confidence in him because he is what? Thank you for half of you that remembered that from two weeks ago, because our God is more than enough, more than enough. And that's, that's the God we have, and that's the God that's described in Psalm 23, this God who is more than enough. So let's read Psalm 23 together, would you? Read this out loud with me. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You see, this, this shepherd, this God who is more than enough, is our guide. And I, I just need to take two seconds, and I'm just going to fly through this because I realize at the end my sermon is way too long, so I'm already hacking and whacking my sermon. So uh, let me just tell you how God guides, because it, most of you know this, but in case you don't know this, you need to get this. Because sometimes we take leadership and guidance from things that are, you know, not the best things to take guidance and leadership from. But let me just tell you this. We, we are guided through his word. God's word is our first primary and authoritative guide for who and what we are. So, so if you have any questions, look to the book. You understand this? Look to the book, and, and that'll give you guide. God, God will not contradict what he says in his word. So make that your basic guide to that. The second way that he guides us is through the Holy Spirit. It is the Spirit's nudgings and promptings to us and, and the way that he speaks to us, oftentimes in prayer, but in many ways, that he speaks to us and gives us guidance. The third thing that he does, the way he guides us, he guides us through the body of Christ. The, the guidance of godly spiritual people is worth a lot. The guidance of a church through the ages is worth a lot. You, you want to be conscious of those kinds of things. You say, is this God's direction for my life? Well, guess what? You can look around you and see, is it consistent with his word? Is it prompted by the Holy Spirit? Is it, is it true and consistent with counsel and wisdom of godly people and the church, well, that will make sense then. The third, fourth way, and this is probably the least reliable of all the ways, but I'm just going to mention to it, is through circumstances. That sometimes your circumstances are God's kind of directions. You, you hear the story, for such a time as this, all this happened. Well, yes. This one you got to be careful with. Make sure the circumstance one goes through the other one. Because sometimes we say, well, it must be God's will, I'm here. Or we say, this must not be God's will because this is such a mess. Well, no, not always. You kind of have to be careful with those things. But when you take those things together in totality, it's a very good way to understand the will and direction of God. Okay, that's a whole series of messages that I could preach, but we won't go there. What I want to talk to you about, though, is, is where does he lead us? 
Where does God lead us? And, and this psalmist talks about these things. So he talks about this because God is more than enough. He goes with us everywhere into everything that we face. And the psalmist summarizes these things into a couple, couple verses here that he talks about. And the first thing he does is that he guides us in paths of righteousness. This is, I think, real foundational. We've preached on this many times. But the very first thing we've got to understand about our shepherd, our God who is more than enough, is that, that God is always at work for our good. He's always at work for our good. If we don't get that, we're, we are going to have difficulty with all the stuff that comes. Because if we don't firmly have that nailed down, when the tough stuff comes, we're going to say, well, God, why'd you do that? You're, you're being mean to me. Or we're going to say, why does this happen? We, we're going to have all this stuff. But we have, we have to firmly understand, first and foremost, that God is always at work for our good. Then when the tough stuff comes, when all the other stuff comes, we have this assurance to say, okay, this is a rough day. I don't like this. I'd rather not be on this path or this moment at this place. But you know what? I know that God is at work in my life for good. And we follow him. So that's what we understand. All of God's interaction with us at all times is to help us in ways that are healthy and good and that result in right living in relation to God, i.e. righteousness. God, God is at work for our good, helping us to live in a right relationship with him. And no matter what's going on in our circumstances of life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, as the saying goes, God is still at work for our good. Now, the reality is that none of us can explain pain, and none of us can explain suffering, and none of us can explain injustice, and all those other things that we scratch our heads and go, why? But this we know. God is a good God who is at work for our good at all times, even in difficult, difficult circumstances. That's where he is. That's who he is. Now, I can say this among other reasons, according to Scripture. I can say this because I know that he is leading, according to Scripture, he's leading us in paths of righteousness. We already know, and here's the key word, for his name's sake. Okay, what God does, God does good, right? Well, that's not very good English, but whatever. <laughs> God, God is, is working at this stuff, and his name, his reputation is on the line. His, his reputation is on the line. You know, I, I don't know, were you, you probably weren't like this as a kid, but I was. And so I'm just going to tell you a little story. <clears throat> when I was a kid, we would once in a while play with a blindfold. We would once in a while play with a blindfold, and we would blindfold each other, and then, ha, 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 we would lead each other around the yard. And some of us, not to name any names, <coughs> would sometimes lead our friends into a, you know, a bush or a tree or a rock or something just to be funny. <laughs> uh, we didn't like those guys very much, and that's unfortunate. I lost a lot of friends that way. <laughs> but, you know, but, but God's not like that. God doesn't do that kind of stuff. See, God is always at work for our good. His, his name's on the line. And he's going to get honor and glory for it. And that's what he does. You say, well, where does God lead us? Well, I don't know all the places he leads us, but I know that he's leading me in paths of righteousness for my good and for his glory. And so I can trust him, even when I don't understand the circumstances. 
Well, the second place is that place that he leads us is that he guides us in the shadow of our fears. He guides us in the shadow of our fears. You know, one of, one of, the, one of the great passages of all scripture is this little sentence here. It says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. That is a great, great passage of Scripture. And I, and I just say to you, most of the time when I've read that, I, I've kind of thought that, that it was like I was walking down a path toward death. I, you know, it was like, okay, well, I'm, I'm walking toward death, and my life is moving that kind of way. But, but that's really not what it says. What, what it really talks about is it says that I'm, I'm walking in the shadow of the valley of death, okay? So I'm not, I'm not walking toward death. I'm not walking in death. What I'm really walking in is my fear of stuff. It's my fear. I'm in the shadow of this fear. It's dark, and, and, and they, you know, I've got stuff I can't see, and I, I'm a sheep, and I'm scared. But I'm not anywhere near death. I'm not in that stuff. I'm just in the midst of my fears. We're fearful. We're fearful of death, we might be. We're fearful of the unknown. We're fearful of the future. We're fearful of insecurity and loneliness when we're trying to think, how am I going to make it through life? And is anybody going to love me? And how are these things going to work? We're fearful of all kinds of stuff. Anybody else ever afraid of anything? Don't raise your hand. You don't have to do that. I tell you what, I am. I, I, I run that way. That's just, I don't know where I'm wired that way, something. But, but I, I kind of just, I'm nervous. I'm out there thinking, okay, well, what about this and that and that? And, you know, if you're one of those people that think 15 steps out and they think, well, that, see that disaster way out there? That's me. I, I'm, I'm already out there. And I'm like, I'm not even in the shadow of the the thing, I, you know, I'm not even there, but I'm already worried. But, 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 but God says that he's with us, even in the midst of that. Said, even in the midst of our fears, he's with us. Now, the psalmist tells us that he has comfort in the shadow of his fears for three reasons. First one is this, is that our shepherd carries a staff. Now, you know, I'm not, a, I'm not really a farmer. I was born on a farm, but I'm not much of a farmer. And in fact, <clears throat> I understand that we raised sheep when I was a young man. But I was only four when we left, so it's a hard stretch for me to say that I raised sheep. But my father can tell you about sheep. But at any rate, um, but a shepherd's staff, and we didn't raise them in the fields like they're talking about here, but a shepherd's staff, you know, that's the one with the little, little crook on it, you know, they, they use that kind of thing as, as, a, as a rescue tool. It's, it's where God says, I'm coming to rescue you. you. You've fallen into a crevasse. You've fallen into a difficult place. You're, you're stuck in the mud. You're, you're in a difficult place. And the, the shepherd comes and he says, in great love, I can rescue you out of your troubles. The psalmist says, that's the kind of God I have. I have a God who carries a staff who rescues me out of my fears, rescues me out of my troubles, rescues me in difficult times. My shepherd has a staff. But my shepherd also has a rod. Now, the rod is a different kind of thing. The, the rod is, is really a weapon. 
the rod is a weapon, and, 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 and the, unlike the staff, it's used for offense. It's, it's used to beat off the enemy. When the, when the lions come and the wolves come and the bears come, you know, well, that's all the slingshot and all the rest of that. But, but it's, the, it's, it's, that, it's that rod that did the beating. I didn't even know how to use a rod. But, but it's that kind of thing that would strike a blow against the enemy. And, and the psalmist says, not only does my shepherd come and rescue me, but he's ready to do battle on my behalf. He's ready to do battle. He's ready to whack something or something and take care of it. That's the deal. Well, the third thing that the psalmist tells us is that our shepherd is a powerful presence with us. See, the big key to walking through our fears is not the rod and the staff. It's the powerful presence of God who is more than enough wielding the rod and the staff. You understand that? Because, you see, you can put a rod or a staff in my hand, and I'm going to do the best I can. I mean, I'd probably get up there and try to poke and jab at the, the wolf that was coming our way, or, or I might try to get down and rescue you and do that kind of stuff. But the psalmist says that it's God who is his shepherd. He's the one who has the power. He's the one who is able to, to wield the rod and the staff and, and come to our rescue in the midst of our fears. That's what he does. You have to go back and remember, who, who did... Who did the psalmist David say that his shepherd was. You remember that? He said, it was the Lord. And what's the word for the Lord there? Yahweh. Yahweh, the one who is all-powerful, almighty, all uh, able to do all things, can be in all places at all times. That's who his shepherd is. That's who our shepherd is. That's the one who's got a hold of the rod and who's got a hold of the staff and who can come in the midst of our fears. That's gives us confidence. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. That's comfort. The last place that the shepherd guides us, Scripture tells us that he guides us in the presence of our enemies. You see, some things we face in life are not just the fears of what might be, the fears of what might come one day, but sometimes we're actually in the midst of the enemy. We're deep into it. The wolves are all around us. The, the difficult time has come. There, there's an attack that's imminent. It, it's not just a, something out there someday, somewhere. It's on us. And even in those kinds of moments and in those kinds of places, the psalmist tells us that even there our cups can overflow for good. Because the shepherd's at work doing something. You see, he's preparing food right in front of the enemy. I don't know about you, but for all of us that like to eat when we're stressed up, this is your life verse. 
okay? You just got to know this. In the presence, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. If, if you ever needed a passage of scripture to say, that's why I eat when I'm maxed out. You just say, it's biblical. Get off my back. Well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. Yet there's still something pretty wonderful about that passage. You see, I'm just overwhelmed with the sense that it says, it is my God, my shepherd, who is doing this for me. It is the shepherd who is serving the sheep who are absolutely paranoid, paranoid, (laughs) petrified by the presence of enemies in their life. It it, it takes me back to this Jesus who who came to serve us, who, who was the model of that kind of thing, who went beyond what he had to do. It reminds me of this God who who didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself and took on the form of man, who came down for us. It is this continual example of of a God who steps out of his role and says, I'm going to serve you in the midst of this. Sometimes, I don't know about you, when I've been overwhelmed with stuff in my life, I can just tell you this, I have not felt like cooking anything. I always feel like eating, on the other hand, but I have ne- I get the point. I don't want to cook nothing. I'm ready to eat. I go out and eat something. But, but you know, it's just something that, that, that God comes, knowing our, our situation, knowing all this stuff, and he comes and he serves us in the presence of our enemy. God is there serving us. Now, the second side of this same little idea is, is that this serving us is an amazing confidence builder. This God comes and he says, I'm serving you. It's okay. Go ahead and eat up. Go ahead. I, I know this situation seems horrible. and I, Yeah, they're out there. I, I get it, but it's okay. God's more than enough. Go ahead and eat. Have confidence. The psalmist is saying, there's confidence in this God, this shepherd of ours. I'm reminded of the passage of the story of Elisha. Do you remember this one in, in 2 Kings 6, 17? It, it, it's the story of Elisha, and, and the, the army of God is, is surrounded by these foreign enemies who are coming in to attack, and the servant comes to Elisha and says, Elisha, what in the world are you doing? You don't seem bothered by this at all. <laughs> and he said, you don't you know that the enemy is all around us, that by, by tomorrow morning they're going to attack us, they're going to wipe us out, they outnumber us. An immense number. They're going to wipe us out. And Alicia says, you don't understand. See, our God, the, the, the army of the Lord, the angels of God are surrounding our enemies. And Alicia prays, oh God, open his eyes that he could see. And suddenly the servant's eyes are opened and he goes, oh my goodness. <laughs> yes, God's on our side and he's bigger than what's the matter. It's bigger than what's the matter. And by morning, that enemy was gone. Gone. God's coming. He's saying, be confident. It's okay. Even in the midst of your enemies, it's okay. 
he also says something else. He tells us that not only is he fixing food for us, but he's also anointing heads with oil. And back in the day, there were, there were kind of two reasons why people anointed heads with oil. They, they anointed those to consecrate somebody to some special position or, or some special event, and they would anoint their heads with oil. A new king, a new leader. A sign of presentation, a, a sign of celebration, a sign of consecration. And here's this shepherd anointing... <laughs> anointing the sheep. And I don't know. But I read that and I say, this is one more time God saying to us, you're special and you're mighty and you're a great creator. You're my my creation and I love you and I've made you and you're important to me. And I want you to know that. In the midst of your enemies, I want you to know how important you are to me. But there was another reason why they anointed with oil. And probably the more connected to this particular context. Is that they anointed with oil for healing. And you know, they didn't have all the medicines we have today. And, and oil was a way that they washed out the wound and they, they helped make things better. And, and, and God is saying in the midst of all this, I'm a God who heals. I'm a God who takes care of what's the matter. I'm a God who can make a difference. I'm a God who raises the dead, who raises the sick. I'm that kind of God. And I'm anointing you with oil. And I'm bringing healing to you. I'm bringing wholeness to you. And I'm going to help you. That's who God is. That's the God who's more than enough. Who guides us in these paths of righteousness. Who who walks with us through our fears. Who who comes to us in the midst of the enemy and brings healing and wholeness and reminds us of how special we are to him. That's our God. David asks you a question. He asked you, where do you need God to come in your life? Where do you need God to show up big in your life? Just to remind you that he's working for your good. To come in in the midst of your fears. When you just say, I I don't know what's coming and I'm worried about this and I'm worried about that and I don't know what's going on. Do you you need a God just show up in the midst of that? He's strong and mighty for you. In the midst of your fears. Maybe the enemy is already here. And you need healing. You need a, a healed body. You need a healed heart. You need a healed relationship. You need a healed hope. You need a newness of something in your life. Can I just tell you that this God who is more than enough, our great shepherd, is on your side. And he's more than enough. Father, into your hands do we give all that we are. Lord, we know that you're at work for our good. 
Remind us of that even in difficult circumstances. Lord, in the midst of our fears, you are powerfully on our side, wielding rod and staff. Lord, sometimes even in the presence of enemies. Lord, you haven't gone anywhere. Your anointing. We're special to you. You're healing us. Do your good work in us. Lord, we seek your face. We trust in you. Bless my people. Minister to them at the point of their need. Be honored in all that we are.